Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex Mohanad is here. Hello. And with a working camera and audio so far. Bernie is here. Yep, but without any camera and barely working audio. I don't even remember what you look like. <laughs> that's 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 very sad because the picture is right there in front of you. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But your son is a lot cuter than you, so I'm just you know. This, this is fake news, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Focused on him. Right. Um, a lot of football. A lot of football. Most of it was bad, but we'll try and, <laughs> we'll try and talk about the Yeah, this wasn't a week. very good, very memorable week, was it? No. I, I mean, one of the most memorable things was burglary and like a Burnley player did something amazing. So that, that's when you know it's not, it's well, not outstanding. Burnley player isn't the burglar. That's no, <laughs> yeah. but Burnley. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they did. They did burgle a win though. They're more. Uh, they're more into arson. Burnley. <laughs> hey, wow. very good. Um, but let, let's start with some some off the pitch stuff, I suppose. Um, Sunderland, they've won a bloody trophy. They did. Actually, sorry, I, that is on the pitch. It's just not on a pitch we care about, really. It's just. <laughs> Well, is it really on the pitch? Because I only care about it in the context of Sunderland until I die. So technically for me, it's still not on the pitch. You know what I mean? Um, sure. But I feel like it is a spoiler. I feel we should have said spoiler alert at the beginning of this. Because last season, I enjoyed watching this the documentary, if you can call it a documentary, <laughs> um, without knowing what was about to happen. And like so pe- so many people were tempted to like Google where they are in the table. So, but it was fun not knowing what's going to happen. So. Yeah, too late, but spoiler alert if anyone is. I feel like they're cares. keeping the club like afloat financially with all the money that Netflix gave them. For, they're like, this is actually great viewing and we're getting a lot of people. Hey, we'll give more money for another season. That's a transfer budget now. I think, Seriously. I feel like it's stipulated in the Netflix contract that they must change owner every season to keep it mm. exciting. Yeah. Or like one of the manager or the owner has to go. <laughs> yeah. would, you, would, 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 like, would you guys put it past, you know, the owner's now an American. I forget. There's some tie. Like he's is an interesting link. I can't remember what it is. But like, uh, imagine if he just watched Sun Inside Out on Netflix and was like, "Gotta own them. I I just I just <laughs> got to have it. <laughs> I want me a piece of that." Yeah, wouldn't put it past the, past it to be fair because Sunderland really was put on the map with that. It was this fantastic. They're like a league, whatever. Are they even League One? League, like they're not in the championship, right? They're like I think they're League One. Yeah. Yeah. So like to have so many people care about them is 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 an achievement. Do they care about them or are they just kind of laughing? No, I mean like the viewer. Well, in the in in the in the bright light or whatever you call it, in the spotlight. Still, fair enough. I, I've just looked up the result by the way. So they won the. The, the headline says Sunderland beat Tramier to end Wembley hoodoo and win EFL trophy. And you know who scored the goal? Lyndon Gooch, who was the guy that they followed around because he was like the local lad. Man, he was, he Sunderland. was one letter away from being a legend. I think he still is, to be honest. I know, but Lyndon Gooch would have been much better. <laughs> <laughs> but to and be then, fair, and then he becomes a coach. Uh, oh, yeah, that would be great. Coach Gooch. Um, the the thing is though, back to that point, like I think if if I really think about this, I potentially in quotations care about Sunderland who are in League One more than I care about Newcastle who are in the Premier League. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair I'm enough. just way more invested in their story. 
<laughs> Fair enough. I think a documentary about Newcastle would be amazing too. I mean, yeah, but shambles. there's going to be a lot of warnings for nudity before every, <laughs> every show. That's true. This show will contain nipples. Yeah. <laughs> nipples all right um let's talk about the actual football i suppose um north london derby the derby um it was an interesting game i thought arsenal played spurs off the park and what we said last week was like yeah these last couple of spurs results have been good but let's see what happens when they come up against a good team and what happened was they got completely pummeled. I mean, Arsenal weren't brilliant. If they had been, they'd have won, you know, four or five nil. But in terms of style of play, there was a, a very clear discrepancy here. Yeah, I think even if you just start with the lineups, we did, to, to be fair to Mourinho, we did wonder whether he was going to stick with the, whatever you want to call him, Super 4 up top. And he did, because I thought Lucas Mora would not play or you know, and more of like a, a Winks or a whatever. Sissoko. Sissoko would come in. So he stuck with this front four. And I would have recommended it knowing how Arsenal can be, right? Um, and then on the Arsenal side, we got the news that Aubameyang was dropped to the bench for disciplinary reasons, which I thought was, was going to be more serious and showing up late. But it turns out that he showed up late to the warm-up or whatever time they were supposed to be at the Emirates. People had a photo of his Ferrari kind of stuck in traffic, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Sorry, so, th- just before you go on, this is, where, this is where football fandom is at this point. People are tweeting pictures of Aubameyang stuck in traffic going <laughs> like, how was he being fined for being late when he's stuck <laughs> yeah. in traffic? <laughs> exactly. You know, how we, you know how we track like planes now for transfer rumors? <laughs> this is next level. Um, but yeah, so that happened. And then I think, like you said, Alex, uh, Arsenal started very strong, very well, played really well, connected the lines, just had all the possession at the beginning. But even when that was happening on the group, we were talking, I said, I think Spurs still have it in them to score on a counter or against the run of play. And that is exactly what happened. Um, to be fair, free goal. I mean, oh. beautiful goal. Uh, just a great piece of skill. It's not luck because he's done it like three, four times. I don't think this is even his best one. His best one was like, I think in the Europa League, couple of seasons ago when Adebayor was there and he curled it like off the ground into the side netting so it's not even his best one I kind of think that this one might actually be the best one only because I feel like you know with the angle of your foot doing a Rabona it's actually the ball will essentially get off the ground Mm. like to keep it almost as Roche likes to say carpet and curve it with a Rabona is more accurate and actually to me more technically difficult it's a shame that it's honestly a meaningless goal in the context of they lost the game and I actually think we're going to forget about this but technically brilliant Bernie's gone so we'll, we'll yeah. fill but like essentially I don't know I don't think we'll forget about it because I think it will it will end up on those like best Premier League goals compilations whether you think it deserves to or not is is whatever but I also not only was it in a game that mattered even if the goal itself didn't ultimately matter but he nutmegged Thomas party while he did it and so <laughs> I think for that reason, I think it might be better than his. Also, also his to be fair, Spurs bring out DVDs and mugs and stuff, celebrating all kind of things. So this will be on a mug at some point. So could, it'll live. It'll live in the folklore. A rub. Uh, you could drink Ribena out of your no, a Ribona. A Ribona mug. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Trying far um, too hard there. Um, but 
Yeah, I, I thought, you know, I, I, I agree with you. There was always the potential for, for Spurs to score on the break um, because Arsenal were just, just dodgy defensively. And that's why you would have expected um, Spurs to play far more front-footed, far more attacking. Um, but like at this point, we, we've kind of run out of, like it is just tiring. It's just like their tactics are useless. What What this looked like to me was one Arsenal are a team who are well coached, but have some players who aren't good enough mm-hmm. or just don't have the requisite talent and Spurs have a squad full of talent and they're not coached well enough. And I think this is what we got. Right. I, w- I would say maybe I wouldn't say Arsenal, maybe only not good enough players. I would say even the players that are good are young. So you mm-hmm. get like kind of a different performance once in a while so it's hard to kind of know exactly what you're going to get out of them but speaking of those young players I think I mean this game I don't know how we would have lined up if Aubameyang was available whether he would have taken Smith Rowe's position on the left and like that would have still played or if Aubameyang would have been up top I think just playing Smith Rowe this game he for me was man of the match for us I think he was fantastic he just so good. slotted in you know for such a young player the possession stats that he has how he takes care of the ball the positions he runs into and and we talk about kind of he fills, even though he he's supposedly playing out wide on the left, he fills those gaps between the lines and he runs so much. I mean, I know he's, yeah. he's not the most fit, but you can see it because of his style of play. By the 60th minute, he's dead on his legs. Yeah. He's just gone. And that comes from the style of play. And I think it suits him to be running around like crazy like that because he's got that physical capability. He's got that kind of driving motion compared to, let's say, an Odegaard that I think the number 10 suits him way more than being out wide. And people were worried when Odegaard comes, he's going to, you know, stifle Smith Rose um, playing time and etc. But it looks like they can play well together. And just that the having a number 10 in this team, regardless of who it is, has just completely transformed Arsenal. I mean, the stats before the number 10 and the stats after the number 10, regardless of who it was, you know, Smith Rowe was that number 10 at one point. It's just night and day. And Odegaard has had a fantastic week scoring in the Europa League, a brilliant goal scoring here again today, playing really well. Yeah. Um, so I thought, you know, Odegaard so far, the loan just looks like a really good signing. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, it remains to be seen whether this is someone that Arsenal have any shot at actually signing permanently, but even if not, it's been worth it for, for what he's brought in the second half of the season. And it, it was telling really that like, it's always Saka. It's always Saka that, that is the standout player. I mean, Smith Rowe has obviously been, been brilliant and we've commented on that, but Saka is always the one that makes stuff happen. And in this game, the fact that he wasn't and didn't need to be was... Promising. Yeah, was promising, exactly, because he, the Arsenal have been so reliant on him that it was actually very encouraging to see them not need him to come up at the big moment. But you could just see how different it is when Saka isn't playing compared to, let's say, Pepe. So Pepe came on a half oh, time. Sure. Saka probably had a little niggling injury. And it's not just, is Pepe better or is Saka better? It's just the style of play. And players around them, they can't help but kind of tailor the game to the player that's there. So with Pepe, it's a lot of long balls. It's a lot of, like, let him go do his thing. And Pepe just takes the ball and runs to the other end of the field. Into a corner flag. Exactly. But And they almost don't trust Pepe, like, I'm not going to bust a gut into this box because I'm not going to get it. It's going to no. get lost. You know what I mean? But with Saka, he comes deep. He gets it in those pockets of patience. He turns his man really tight. He's strong with his body. And it just, I think, makes us play a much better game, regardless of, you know, Pepe might suit another team really well. I just don't think it's the way I want to watch Arsenal play football. I would rather watch Arsenal play football the way they play when Saka's on the field. Oh, 100%. If you could get 
25 to 30 million for Nicola Pepe in the summer, would you take it? Yeah, yeah, I think I, <laughs> I, I've tried. I've tried to kind of, you know, give him hope, but I just don't see it happening. He'll have, we talked about this, he'll have his highlight, highlight reel moment, but he's not a complete footballer over 90 minutes. You can just see the little things. It's not there. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it, similarly, we, we were talking about Eric Lamella, who like sort of similarly 10 years ago or so showed up for huge money, you know, it was 30 million, but at the time might as well have been 60, 70, like Pepe turned out to not be very good or like not be what they thought he was. And so he turned himself into a really hardworking, spiteful kind of (laughs) dickhead who runs around like being useful in a different way. I feel like Pepe is going to have to do something like that to save his, his like top flight career or, or it's just done because the quality is not there. It's just not. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And and I have to say also just kind of what stood out this game as well for me was two other players at Arsenal, Gabriel at centre-back. He's been fantastic all season. Goal line clearance um, today, a winner in the Europa League midweek. I just think he's been a really good signing. Someone that came in from, you know, from Brazil, not ready, et cetera, et cetera. I think he's done a fantastic job. And then Cedric as well at right back. I, I truly believe he's an upgrade on Bellerin. I just, I just do. I think... I will take technical ability over some pace any day of the week. And I think when Cedric gets the ball, he he's calm in possession. He knows what he wants to do with it. He has the next steps plan. You know what I mean? Like he's got a plan. He's a man with a plan, even though he's older than <laughs> Bellerin. And Bellerin is just not even that fast anymore. Like a Bellerin before the injury might have shaded, mm-hmm. you know, just shaved over Cedric a little bit with his pace and his burst. But he doesn't, I don't think he has that anymore. And yes, it comes out once in a while, but I just don't think it's enough to have him over a technically gifted right back. And I think, I'm not saying I want Cedric at Arsenal for the next five years. I'm just saying I would rather see him play right now over Bellerin. I think that's fair. And I think I'm, I, I'm on team sell Hector at this point. I think, you know, he's a lovely bloke and I love the fact that he's at Arsenal. But um, if you can get a bunch of money for him, then I would do it. And then like try to bring in Lamptey or Aaron's or someone young. And where would you sell him to? PSG, PSG. dumb. Uh, there are plenty of dumb clubs. You know. <laughs> yeah, Barcelona. Barcelona, Laporta comes back, wants to buy all the Catalan players. Like Someone will do it. Yeah. Um, right. Sevilla, Monchi will think it's a clever signing. You know, like it's, it's, it's doable. Speaking of right backs, and, and now that Bernie has returned, Bernie, will you be going to Matt Doherty's funeral? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, if, if you let me do the eulogy, yeah, for sure. I... I <laughs> Oh my Tierney god. Tierney ripped him so a bad. new one, man. Tierney though, but Tierney, man. No one expects him to have that burst that he has, and then he just has it. I, I get surprised even. Yeah. No, no. He, he's a phenomenal athlete. Sorry, Bernie Gone. No, he's 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 a wonderful player. Like I think we've talked about the engine, quote unquote, that he has on him. Um I, I mean during the course of 90 minutes, he runs up and like he covers so much ground, it's ridiculous. Um I'm very impressed by the guy. If his injury record is any better. You know, I think you have a top, top, top like level player career-wise, what his career could look like. Um, that might be the only thing that brings him down, but you know, solid professional, good player. Also, to be him... fair, sorry, I'll go ahead. Okay. I was gonna say to be fair to Doherty, Bale did nothing on that right side all game to like resemble any sort of assistance to his right back, to be fair. So, he just stood there all game. Sure, but like that's the manager's fault. Well, like, what are you doing playing uh you know, an iceberg of a right back, you know, and Gareth Bale, who has about 
a cumulative 20 minutes of energy and needs to <laughs> save it, right? Like, what are you doing playing them as a combination against Smithrow, potentially Aubameyang? He didn't know Aubameyang wasn't playing. Uh, Smithrow, Aubameyang, and one of the quickest left backs, quickest, most attacking left backs in the league. Like, it's just negligent. To Alex, it's a solid, solid point because, like, what was it? The last couple of games he's been playing all of them, right? Like Bale, Son, Lucas, and Kane, all of them. And then everyone was like, oh my God, doing so well again. And it's this weird thing with Spurs and Mourinho where it's like, when they do play well, people forget that they've largely been shit. Mm-hmm. And they just go, oh my God, Bale is back, and this and that, and this and Kane. And it's like, great, fine. But someone on Football Ramble, I think they said, finally harry kane living up to the bumbling lumbering um promise that we all actually expected before he actually turned out to be really really good <laughs> like, <laughs> like to have bail on like the, to me this proved that jose Mourinho has no attacking tactics whatsoever because it's literally just been lump all of them on onto the pitch let them do what they want no interplay no nothing just let them figure it out and against arsenal where i've you've seen other games you see other managers and there's a chess ma- chess match. Okay, how am I going to combat Saka? How am I going to neutralize Tierney? Am I going to do this? It was clear as day that he just put them out and was like, defend deep. When you get the chance, lump it to one of those four and see what happens. It's a disgrace. I, I literally don't even think that he's telling them to defend deep at this point. I actually believe him on that. I, I just think there is such a lack of, an, as you said, an attacking plan that what ends up happening is just this state of inertia and like waiting for something to happen. I don't even think it's it's a tactic. I just think that they're, they're so undercoached. Yeah, I think I think I mean to Kane's point, he didn't touch the ball until like the 80th minute where he hit that the bar and it got dangerous there for a second. But all game, Kane barely touched the ball. I think he touched the ball in Arsenal's box like once all game, something like that. And that's not what you expect from Kane in a North London derby. It was they Spurs just could not build from the back and progress the ball. And I think Partey and Saka were really good with that. And then you have the energy of Saka, Odegaard, and Smith-Rowe with the pressure. I just don't think we allowed Tottenham to build from the back or keep any resemblance of possession at all. And then Dombele had a really bad game as well, which didn't help. So overall, it, it was just stacked up against, against um, Spurs this game. Yeah. And Kane's most attacking moment was when he tried to assassinate Gabriel as well, I think. Um, well, he had the free kick that hit the post. I still think right. that the, the Gabriel shoulder was more attacking. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was assault. That was definitely <laughs> assault. Like, I, I don't know. I, I have this agenda where I think Kane gets away with stuff because he's this he golden does. boy of England. And, and I don't understand it. He's not even good looking, so I don't get why he's a golden boy of England. <laughs> but it's just, it, no, man, like. Mate, he wasn't he, even he, mentioned in like match of the day. It wasn't even brought up. It, VAR didn't even look at. It. Like it's just like, are you serious? Like if that was like again, and I hate these things, but if that was Louise or someone that people don't like or foes, whatever, like it would have been replayed over and over and over. But obviously, every country protects their own, and it'll happen everywhere. And Kane is the poster boy. Well, you know what? You know what's interesting. Sorry, Alex. Is that you know how we we talked earlier in the season about the Kane backing in to people thing mm-hmm. and like injuring them potentially. There was one time I saw, I don't remember what game it was, but I saw it happen. And the commentator was like, yeah, and uh, that's the type of thing that Harry Kane's been criticized for. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> never never heard of that commentator again. <laughs> <laughs> London Dungeon. So, no, see, like, I think the backing in thing is, is a bit overblown in that I think loads of people do it. Um, but this one, the, how this one didn't get a mention, I really have no idea. Like, it was, it was horrendous. Anyway. Um, Manchester United won, West Ham nil. Uh, I try, like, I really Trust. tried to watch this. 
just it's just it made it the both teams made it very difficult mostly your team bernie i wouldn't say that um i, I mean i expected a, a tight game remember we talked about the fa cup game where Moyes literally said he wasn't gonna do anything which was weird because they've been playing well they've been attacking teams even attacking man city so i was nervous in both games actually expecting okay antonio wasn't there in the first game fine let you have a pass they didn't have a shot like they did not have a shot in this game (laughs) so to me it was just a nonsense performance from west ham where they literally resorted to old beta david moyes it was honestly a disgrace of a performance from West Ham. Uh, you're this flying this high, you've attacked other teams. Like, no, this was this is a total disgrace. I'm sorry. I seem to recall like a very solid period of pressure that they had. They were playing the game in your half, they were popping it around, there were some pretty bad crosses being slung in, but like they were threatening, at least. We scored. <laughs> like, or they scored for us. And then they, they have to come out. For 60 minutes, they did nothing. And I, again, I reiterate, they had no shot on target. Like, I, just, I, <laughs> like, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed Antonio, though, skipping past Bissaka. Because then now we know, you know, he is human. So <laughs> I enjoyed the, that bit. What, what, well, the funny thing about that was, like, he skipped past him. It didn't happen again, but then Lindelof absolutely abused Antonio in this game. And I hate Lindelof, but Antonio, this is again what I mean. It was such a soft performance. Lindelof bullied the hell out of Mikel Antonio. Maguire had an outstanding performance, by the way. Outstanding performance. But Lindelof should never bully this guy. This this was a non-event from West Ham. Worst performance I've seen of them this season. It was just disgusting. Well, they did, they did play three at the back with Aaron Cresswell, one of those three which is a bit weird. And they also had Mark Noble on the field. So, you know, a and, couple of, and a couple of contributing factors. In. Yeah. And Declan Rice dropping in to make it a back seven or whatever the hell it was. Like, no, no. This was, And United hit the post twice in this game and had a crazy save from Fabianski off Bruno. Like, and they, we say they didn't play that well. Like, with, with all those things, the game could have ended. Greenwood, Greenwood had a pretty an, good game. Rashford missed a, missed a setter of a header. Like, so with all this, that they didn't do much. They could have scored four point-blank goals. My favorite moment, though, was... Uh, well, two, actually. So you, United were on the break, and Dan James had the ball, and it was like a three-on-two. And all he had to do was pass it to someone. And he put it behind Bruno and completely killed the move. And then what happened was the ball got recycled, and it went out to Wan-Bissaka, who ended up on a dribble. And I, like, I need to find a gif of this. You must know the moment I'm talking about. But he like, cut to I know what you're about. on the right, and I don't even know what happened, really. He just like left the ball behind, or like he took a step in the wrong direction or something. It was amazing. I've never seen anything like it's too it. too quick for his own good. He's, 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 his brain moves funny enough his brain moves quicker than his legs and you wouldn't and his legs are very long so it's hard to get them around in the right <laughs> it just takes too long for the message to get down there you know but I think I think at this stage of the season we talked about United squad looking exhausted there's a lot of energy uh, there's a lot of injuries Ole doesn't have a lot of chance to rotate because of all the injuries etc you know at the beginning of the game you would have taken a 1-0 at this stage especially with Europe happening especially you know things like that i i think overall great three points for united in a, in a busy time of the schedule and especially with not having too many players available as well so um i, I think I, a positive I, three points 
Very, because everyone else, um, Chelsea drew, Everton lost. So it, it increases the gap. Some people are saying top four confirmed. Let's say we'll see what happens. But I just want to highlight, this is the fourth consecutive clean sheet in the Premier League. The 12th already this season. They had 13 last season. The defense is considerably improved after a shaky start. The back four has been brilliant. Maguire has been a good signing for this team. Like, no one's making fun of him anymore. He, like, it's a good I wouldn't go that far. Well, he, because he looks like a fridge still, you can't yeah. change that. But he has been probably <laughs> top three centre-backs in the Premier League this season, based on his performances. So, I'm saying based on performances, he leads the league in almost every defensive stat there is. Would it be accurate? It's literally say, true. Would it be accurate? It's not even making up, it's true. Expected arrests in Greece. <laughs> XA. Um, would, would it be fair to say McTominay plays a big part in that solidity in the back? I think he's been having yeah. a great season. I think he looked, every time I watch United, he just stands out. Um, he has, you know, once in a while, he has that attacking threat. I just feel that. He's been really good for you guys this season. And I think we talked about it last weekend about, you know, true box-to-box player. But he just seems, you know, if, if he can keep this up and improve still, he's young. I think he'd be a great player for a long time for you guys. McTominay has been very good this season, but not for the defensive aspect of the game. His positioning is still not very good. But he brings the energy and carries the ball very, very well and intercepts, yes. But true, well, well and truly, especially in this game, the reason United are doing very well defensively is that back four. Is Luke Shaw being the best left back in the league, Wan-Bissaka the best tackling right back in the league, and Harry Maguire literally playing immensely. Oh, and by the way, recently, Dean Henderson, his communication skills and organization is so much better than De Gea. I don't care what anyone says. De Gea is a better shot stopper. I give him that. Maybe better distribution, which is not that much. But organization, Dean Henderson and De Gea is not even close not even close. Oh, I, I think you look a lot better with Henderson, although I, I just don't see how the situation resolves itself because you've put um, De Gea on so much money that I, de- I don't know who's going to buy him. And unless you sell him, he kind of has to be the number one if he's around and not in quarantine. And like, how do you see that actually playing out? I, I didn't like the fact that we gave him a new contract after he was fumbling things and throwing the ball into his own net. I said that very clearly, which means we can't let him go. However, you're, you're right, but I think PSG at some point, even though Kaelin Harris is doing very well, there are lots of rumblings of them wanting to improve on that because of his age. They, it has been said. It has also been said that they love him so much. So you don't know what really PSG are thinking, but that's the likeliest destination, if at all. Every, every, every time someone yeah. wants to sell a player from the club, they go, yeah, PSG. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I, can, I just can't see it. Like, they're having to spend so much money on the contract renewals from Mbappe and Neymar. Like, it's just an insane amount of money to I keep those guys. quick question. I know we want to move on, but Bernie, I, I want actually your opinion on this, from on the Dean Henderson thing. I've watched a couple of United games this season where he's played, and my impression... And I know you said all these other intangibles. My impression was that just making saves, he hasn't felt that solid. Is that accurate, or has he been better than I than I seem to imagine? I just, I just watching the games, I just don't feel that sense of security. I'm not comparing it to De Gea, just in general as a United keeper long term. He just didn't feel that solid every time I watch him. The difference is that, um, like for example, the Milan goal. I think you should have saved that. 
But Dean Henderson generally doesn't receive as many shots on goal as De Gea does because, again, the, or the defense is better organized, so they're able to stop things from even getting to him in the first place. Also, Dean Henderson is better at claiming crosses than De Gea. So when corners and free kicks come in, I'm a little bit nervous when it's De Gea. I, I have no fear of them when it's Dean Henderson because he's very good at coming out to claim it. But if it's English. a one-on-one... Well, they, we've seen what English keepers do with small pterodactyl hands. But <laughs> if it's a one-on-one, and who who do I think is going to save it? I think the hair is going to save a one-on-one more so than Anderson. But it's just all the intangibles. Just I feel just more secure with Dean Anderson in the goal. Okay, fair, fair enough. Um, let's move on. Uh, as you mentioned, other English goalkeepers, pterodactyl hands, etc. Everton one, Burnley two. Um, Jordan Pickford went off injured. And Robin Olsen isn't available. Oh, because he got burgled as well or something. He has, he's been yeah. burgled recently, yeah. Um, and so a uh, former Arsenal goalkeeper, Zhao Virginia, went in goal, which was fun. I mean, that is one of the top names in the Premier League, <laughs> without question. Um, but Burnley 2, Everton 1. Uh, Mohamed, for me, Dwight McNeil's goal is absolutely one of the goals of the season. Like, stunning. It's just my type of goal, man. Like, if you tell me, imagine a goal, it's a curler into the top corner, just around, you know, using a player as your frame of reference. Like, that is my ideal goal. You have, it's not, it's not when there's no one there, you know, people get on the edge of the box, like whatever De Bruyne does a lot or whatever, you push it to the side, it's open and you put it. No, it has to have a player there that you curl it just over like their calf. You know what I mean? (laughs) And that's my type of goal. And this was, I think the, the, perfect technique and the perfect execution of that kind of dream goal I have in my mind. It was, you know, he didn't just curl it. He like, you know, he just, he stabbed it a little. He moved his leg back. He had all the stuff that made it look good. The ball was curling, like as in spinning on its axis. It was top, top corner. It was just phenomenal, man. Like I enjoyed this goal. I watched that a million times. I agree. It was, it was a really good goal. And Considering it came from the only saucy person in, in Burnley, like it, it, it's, it's no surprise that it was him. If it was Ashley Westwood or whatever his name is, like I would actually say he's on drugs. <laughs> but, but that was that was a stunning goal. I don't know about goal of the season. I think that's a bit hyperbolic. But uh, the thing is, I can't remember. Season. Like from week to week, I can't remember other goals. So the season's been so weirdly long in some way. Yeah, <laughs> like a lot has been forgotten for sure. It, yeah, I feel um, like Son had one that was madness, but I don't. I don't know why. I just think Son wasn't had that one. against Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, it was the first Arsenal game. Was it? But, but then, like the other thing that's confusing is I don't know what is this season and what is yeah. like that little bit of the end of last season because they were like a month apart. Literally, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's madness. Um, before we move off of Everton, who uh, were very clearly missing Abdullah Decore um, this weekend and last weekend, actually, um, Alex Iwobi posted on Instagram that uh, he was going off to play with Nigeria and he hopes that he'll be able to play in his favorite position. Uh, why you would post something like that, I don't know, but you know he's a bit of an imbecile. Um, and then Angelotti was asked about it and he was asked whether he saw it and he was like, yes, I saw it. And then he basically just spoke for like two, three minutes about how Alex Iwobi just needs to tell him where he wants to play. Yeah, like just you know pick what, your though? position. That's actually like the end. Like that, 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 that's, if he says that, to me, that's a condemnation. 
Because like, imagine like you do something bad at home. Your parents are like, listen, just tell me what you want. Like, if from an Nigerian context, if if your parents say that to you, like, just tell me what you want. It's the calm before the storm. Like when they're <laughs> when they're nice to you like that, and they don't just come out of the traps. They're setting a trap to get you later. Like I've been through this enough time. He's done. <laughs> but then he played. That was the most disappointing thing. <laughs> Well, exactly. he played him. Listen, he played him in coming. his favor. He played him in his favor position, and they lost. And he just wanted it to be shit, <laughs> and he was. And here we are. <laughs> like, why well, now? He's sipping his coffee. Is this person like, so? <laughs> yeah, I put you there, and let's see what the shit you did. <laughs> <laughs> he's got all his stats just lined up. But actually, they brought on uh, Josh King, who had completely forgotten to join Everton. Like, completely forgotten. Same, I had no idea. Yeah. Also, there's, there's there's a bit of a debate on Twitter where Everton fans are now like, this is shit. <laughs> what is he doing? And some of them are like, we'd be shittier without Carlo. And I'm like, I'm just enjoying the fact that the Everton fans who we hated mm-hmm. on and they hated on us and then thought that they were something with Carlo Ancelotti really were just in an okay position because the season's actually trash. <laughs> like, it doesn't make a difference as we predicted yeah. in reality. That's the thing. We didn't even hate on them. All we did was say that, like, your your new manager and your average signings aren't going to get you into the Champions League. And that really pissed them off. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> it was like they really thought that Davy Clarsen was going to be, you know, their, their talisman. But, like, th- yeah, that's the thing. Whatever they do, they end up seventh. And they're yeah. seventh now. But Tottenham so, have always been the team that I, I allocate just in the next position after everyone cares. You know what I mean? <laughs> when it used to be the top four, they'd be fifth. When right. it's top sixth, now they're seventh. They're always the team that I put in as like, okay, everyone cares about this lot, and now mm-hmm. you're the next team. If, if, you know, if in the future there's a top 10, they're 11th. It's just where they, they just live in that space of, okay, here's the ones we care about, and you guys are that safe right after these guys. So, yeah. so the question then becomes, all right, have Everton... Now that Jose is fully in charge, have Everton superseded Tottenham? Like, because Tottenham were doing pretty well with Poch, right? So they were in that actual sure. you matter group. In the case. Now that they don't matter yeah. anymore, who's who's the highest of you don't really matter outside the top? I think, Spurs Les- or I think Leicester got in. Leicester are the ones that I would say got in. Uh, yeah, but, but they're, in, they're in the we care zone right oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, comfortably. Yeah. So yeah. because I mean, so now Spurs have dropped out of the we care zone, I think, I still think, well, I do think now that Everton are higher than Spurs, and I think they will finish higher than Spurs as well. They're higher by a point. On the other hand, Everton have a goal difference of three and Tottenham have a goal of 17. <laughs> so, I, like, whatever that indicates, <laughs> that indicates, we'll, we'll see. It's a, it will be a very interesting battle, though. I mean, Villa are only four points behind there. Villa and Arsenal are only four points behind. And, yeah, anyway. So, it's, it's all to play for, that's for sure. Um, oh, you're I, in that too, eh? What? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're, Speaking of Leicester, they battered managerless Sheffield United. Um, we we know one Sheffield United fan, and I feel very sorry for him. Uh, Will, I'm sorry that you've lost your your manager. Um, I I don't really know why. I don't. Think, I'm not sure anyone does. Like mutual consent was the official thing, but did you just get bored, I, fed up? I, I I think it's a disgrace. I I think he was sacked and wait, wait, called wait, you it can't neutral. Say it like that. You've got to do Scottish, Scott, Scottish accent if you're going to go at all Alan Hansen. I, I, I can't do that. It's a disgrace. <laughs> like, it's not going to work. 
<laughs> some I'm brew or something, and then, then I can say it. Okay. Uh, but no, like it's a disgrace. Like he should stay in that job. Like if if Daniel Farker or whatever can stay in his job after doing nonsense, then Wilder should stay at that job after bringing him up from League up. One. He just like, he will die on that hill. He will yeah. die. On I, I really will. Unreal. I really even will. even but as like, Daniel Farker is top of the championship by like fifty <laughs> points. <laughs> Who wants to bet that they come right back now? <laughs> Like, I don't know. I don't care. All I'm saying is Wilder deserves more time at the club if someone like that gets to stay at Norwich. I'm sorry. I think Wilder I, was, was probably their best chance of getting back up, is what people are saying. He he wasn't going to keep them in the league, but people were thinking, okay, well, you're going to go down, clearly. Now, do you want to have him there to try and bring you back up? That was probably why people were surprised with the with the sacking, is that now who's going to bring you back up? This could be the start of a pretty slippery slope. They've, they've done what clubs typically do, right? Like Sunderland and other clubs where you get too trigger happy, you make a huge mistake, and then someone else doesn't get the club and can't turn it around, messes up, because the players were probably very committed to Wilder anyway, right? Yeah. Like he bought a bunch of scrubs up. Why the hell would they fight for someone else? Like, it's just, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. I was here, I was listening to, <laughs> to the post game of this and I think so, I can't remember who it was I, I dread to say that Owen might have made a good point he was sick <laughs> no he, man <laughs> he was potentially him we're saying that there's a good point Ramsdale the last three weeks or four weeks or so has been like the best keeper in the league <laughs> and he's just playing to stay in the Premier League he's like okay you guys are definitely going down I'm yep. just going to step up for the last couple of months of the season try and get me you know whatever it is go to Everton or something uh, but he's been phenomenal. I don't know what happened. We, you know, we had him solid worst keeper in the league, just like his team. We but destroyed him. Been killing it for a month. To be fair, he did just get five goals knocked past him. Yeah, but he still played well. I, mean, I know. I know. Yeah. To be fair, a lot of those goals were like off tap-ins into an empty net because they'd already gotten past him. <laughs> It's true. We we should uh, we should give some credit to Leicester. Um, although I do I, like Mohamed, you just mentioned suggested it. But if Everton replaced Pickford with Ramsdale, that would be the most Everton thing in the world. I think it would be potentially worse than United replacing Carroll with Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Brady, say what you want. I'm having my moment. I remember living through those times. I remember. The joy Carol brought me, and then I remember the joy that Howard got me. Okay, and I'm just living that high. Regardless I, I, don't of even, I, I don't even know why Howard gets a lot of hate. That guy didn't do that badly. No, man, he gave he gave us so much Ca- joy. Carol was 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 disgusting. I mean, throwing the ball into his net. Thank God there was no there was no VAR. We bought refs. Shit. <laughs> Tim Howard's biggest achievement was raising awareness for Tourette's. That's that's what he did. Wow. Wow. I never you- heard of it. And then Tim Howard showed up and I was like, oh, this is a thing. Okay. Is this can we cancel Alex for this or is this actually actually a thing? What? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. He had to I, don't rest. To, I don't know where to take this from here. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll take it and move on. Uh, we'll give credit to Leicester, who lined up in a, a very saucy 3 5 2 with Suyunchu, Evans, and Fofana, which was nice because they're like three of the better players. So get them all on. And then that gives license to Ricardo Pereira and Castaño, whatever, to do their thing. And then you've got Tielemans and Ndidi in the middle, and, and Ayosi Perez came back. And then finally, like, Kelechi Iniacho is getting his chance. And this time with Vardy, usually it's one or the other, but the two of them looked like a really good partnership. And Kelechi Iheanacho, who's got like four goals in the last couple of weeks or something, thanked mothers 
after the game in his post-match interview. He apparently lost his mum and he dedicated his goals to mothers in general, which was lovely. Yeah, he lost his mum at 14, I think, was what people were saying, which is why he wears that number. And they were just saying the, the kind of the symbolism of doing it on Mother's Day. I think it was the 14th of March or something yeah. like that. So he was very emotional in the in the post-game interview. But Ihenaccio just like when it clicks, it clicks because he's trigger happy. He's not shy to shoot. He shoots a lot. And when it, you know, when it clicks, he will get goals. It's just, you know, it's the other parts of his game that he needs to improve. But he's very good when it comes to, I think, the technique of shooting. He's good at, he's good at that. He just needs to get in those positions because his all-round game is potentially, you know, not, not the best. But when it comes to just the final bit of the shooting, putting your ball in the net, he can do that. Still better than Gabby Jesus. <laughs> I like... Yeah, all round. All round. I don't know, but will he get more goals? I think so. I'm I'm dying on that hill. Yeah, I'm better than Gabby Jesus. Yeah, I that hill know. is getting very crowded, Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Farco and Gabby Jesus next to each other. Like, why are we here? What is? There are some hills that I've I've climbed down from, and we can get to that later. All right, there is another one coming up. Uh, but before that, Manchester City 3, Fulham nil. John Stones has four goals in 10 games. Like, again with his feet. Yeah. It's they're, just, like, they're just having a laugh at this point. Whatever, I don't, like, want, to talk about, I don't want to talk about Manchester City or Pep Guardiola or anything that reminds me of how he screws me over from Fantasy Premier League every week. Oh, because he I rotated have, his whole team. Well, yeah, I've got like Mars and De Bruyne and Sterling or whatever. They cost me like a fortune and then none of them play every second week. Like, come on. Mate, mate you, know, you know what's interesting? Pep had all his injuries in like the first three weeks of the season. <laughs> and, then, and then like he's had everyone fit and Nathan Ake can get into the team and he costs 40 million. I cannot believe this. I, As I Twitter see. would say, in a Panasonic, <laughs> he bought 40 million worth of Ake and 30 million of Ferran Torres. And he's like, <laughs> whatever, lads. It's whatever. Honestly, Nathan Ake has not been seen since September. It's... It's well, to be fair, he should have been playing instead of Stones, except that Stones decided to wake up and become a footballer. Yeah. Yeah, Ake so, wouldn't have seen The question that I have about that is, no, not at all. And Alex, here's the question. He thought Stones was finished. So mm. I'm, I'm thinking like from Ake's point of view, right? You're yeah. thinking Stones is done. All right, I'm going to get into this team. Like Pep probably told you, you know what? I need you. I want a left for the center back. I need you. And then, but Pep's like, oh, I'm going to sign Ruben Diaz, though. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, guys. Ake... Is to stones what Teas is to Shaw. Yeah, that's all it is. Motivation. It's a forty million dollars signing just to get your other player playing. <laughs> so Teas looked at Shaw's YouTube and was like, "Mate, I'm walking into this." Shit. <laughs> and then, and, and, then like, and then Shaw looked at Teas's uh, man bun and was like, "Fuck that! <laughs> this is my spot." <laughs> oh man. It's true, yeah. though. I, I think someone needs to do a deeper dive on those kind of signings. Just like players you buy ostensibly for the first team who are really just there to kick someone else up the arse. I also, just looking at this lineup, like I know Fulham are not, you know, they, they've been in good form and they've played well recently, etc. Mm-hmm. But they are still a weaker team, okay? All, all considered. But still, the fact that you could put Jesus, Aguero, Torres and still, like, dominate the game. You know, these guys are nowhere near your starting 11. Torres and Aguero are not. Jesus kind of plays sometimes. And then you got like a, a base of Rodri and Silva. You know, you've got no Sterling, no De Bruyne, no Mares. Like you, 
you could still walk a game three nil, you know, away from home with your B team. Yeah, even Ben Mendy played and didn't do anything stupid. It's, it's it, the, the squad depth is actually unbelievable. Like it, it's it's. I mean, we know it's financial doping, but whatever. Like they got away with it, we move. It's fine. <laughs> but, oh god. Anyway. Yeah, that oil tanker has sailed. Um, well done. Well done. I didn't even pause for recognition. I just, I just. We paused for you. Train of thought. <laughs> um, oh, from one Mendy clean sheet to another, um, Chelsea got a nil-nil draw away at Leeds's um, sand pit of a stadium. I, like I, I, this hadn't really caught my attention until the last couple of weeks, but Leeds's pitch is atrocious. Yeah, I, I actually, Alex, surprisingly that you say that because I remember clearly, uh, like this moment in this game, the Leeds were taking a corner and they zoomed in on where the ball sits on that corner. And the players do that stupid thing where like, for some reason, they want like a slither of the ball to be over the line. Yeah. It's like, mate, I get it. The corner flag is annoying. But like, can we just put like, at least have the ball in there so I'm not like getting, you know, anxious. <laughs> <laughs> but I looked like- at it at, I'm just like, why do you think that that gives you such a huge advantage? Like, <laughs> bothers me so much, sense. man. I, I get you're trying to move it away from the corner flag, but it still bothers me how little. And then the ref is like getting a bird's eye view to see like the little slither of the ball on the line. It just, anyways. Um, but I, I recognize that, Alex. I was looking at the corner flag, like the corner area of the pitch, because they zoomed in on it, and it was bad. It was there's no grass. There was no oh. grass at all. I don't know how this is okay. I really, really don't understand how they're getting away with it. I think they did on purpose. Like, I felt like Bielsa, as we know, I mean, he spies, although he didn't need, doesn't need to spy on, on Tuchel to understand how they play. He's probably like, all right, guys, <laughs> to the groundsman, fuck up this pitch. <laughs> we don't want this ball moving around. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, it's no surprise that Chelsea didn't score a goal. They, play, they started the game with no strikers. I mean, they, have, they had Havertz up top starting this game so um it's no surprise i mean they did try and fix things a little bit by bringing on Werner, but in the 70th minute but like I, i'm not sure why they would start with no strikers looking at the bench here Giroud was on it um i'm not sure what's his name was on it no just Giroud. so i'm not sure why he didn't start maybe is the atletico well, game coming up or am yes. i going crazy okay yeah it must be but it, imagine, it is, imagine but needing a goal and actually on <laughs> yikes but tuchel's actually said that he was going to do this experiment like weeks ago when Havertz was still injured. He was like, he's got the qualities to play as a false nine. And I was like, I know he's got, I was actually every game I was waiting to see if it was this game he was going to do it because <laughs> he said it. And then he did it. And I was like, how do you do this against Leeds? I don't think against like one of the most like athletic up and down teams. You put Havertz as your false nine. This is not good management. Havertz is quite big for a mm-hmm. quote-unquote creative player. He's like a Perez in a story. He's like he's really big for a, and he gets on a lot of headers. He does try and get way more physical than you'd expect. He's quite a big guy for that creative mold of a player. Like you know, you think of a Ziyech in that in that kind of mold, but Havertz is not a Ziyech. Havertz is big. He wants to get on headers. He's I think scored the header recently. Things like that. So. I can see why he thinks he could play up there. I don't know if it if it'll actually happen. I actually think this would have been the game. Sorry, Alex, to no. play Werner actually because Leeds want to run right, and then when they run, they leave space. So I don't know why you wouldn't just have you know Speed Merchant Werner there and Matt Mason Mount 
to just run up and down this pitch. Like to me, that would have made and and Alamance in the door. Just like just use speed and run at them when they come at you because they're not going to really do anything. Like that, I, I don't know. That's that's a reasonable point. But like Pulisic was there, who's one of their fastest players, and 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 Werner had what twenty minutes. Adoy had 10 minutes, didn't really make any difference. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I do take the point. I, I, I don't understand. Like, I understand the, the Havertz Force 9 experiment, but like, what we're going to see is after enough weeks, he'll just play Giroud. Because every manager goes through this, right? They take over, they're like, I've got all these fancy options, let me dick about, and it doesn't work. And eventually, he plays Giroud and he scores like five in five. And then he goes off on, on a bit of a barren run. <laughs> And then, then the whole cycle starts again. But like, I feel like that's what's going to happen here. It's Probably as if the only manager in football who says, I love you, Olivier, and you are my man, is Deschamps. Yep. And he won a World Cup. So. To, be fair, to be fair, Wenger did that and we won. Fuck <laughs> um, I, from one pretty face to not so pretty faces, you guys know I have like kind of my punchable faceless in the Premier League. And Alioski is firmly yeah. on that list. Yeah. firmly like he just and it wasn't just the Pepe thing versus Arsenal it's when I kind of started to notice it and I did a little more research collected a little bit more data points <laughs> and he is firmly on that list now I just see him and I get mad I don't know what it is but he just rubs me the wrong way I, I see it I, I absolutely see it. I on, totally on, get it the flip side of that list is my I really want to hate you list but not punch you just hate you list and Ziyech is finding his way Ooh. Very closely into that list, he's I, annoying me. He wanted to like, punch Tuchel when he came off. Did you see that? No, I missed that. <laughs> he, he reacted really? very I, angrily to being substituted. Yeah, why? He was playing like ass. Like, <laughs> what does he mean by like? Who does he think he is? That's <laughs> when you're. Fernandez? That's when you're. The, <laughs> that's when you're the most angry, though. When you're playing badly, yeah. when you're most angry when you get subbed off. If you if you're happy coming off, you know most likely you've played a good game. <laughs> that's a that's a good point. See, the player's perspective. There you go. Um, but uh, oh, there was something else I wanted to. Oh, um, it occurred to me when you were talking about punchable faces that Chelsea, although only a middling football team, are putting together a proper boy band of a squad. Like Chilwell, Jorginho, Pulisic, Zieck, Mount Havertz is like a. They're like they look like so solid crew or something. Very eclectic last names. So yeah. solid crew, such a reference, such a reference. <laughs> oh man, that take me. That took me back. That was thirteen or fourteen or whatever it was. The psychedelic can you, six. Can you sing us anybody? No, I refuse. Oh. Categorically refuse. Probably best for everyone. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, good point for for Leeds. Oh, that was the other hill that you were going to die on, uh, Bielsa. You got a nil nil draw against Chelsea. Pretty good result. I I I, I think I I think I came down from that hill. Uh, a while ago, except he still hasn't beaten anyone useful. But I'm no, still no, you not came, on the You came down the hill when he did something good. Was it last week? He beat another manager you hated, and you're like, "Well, it's better this way." What was it? <laughs> oh I think, yeah, I think. Oh, Southampton. Oh, it was Brendan. It was Brendan. Oh, Brendan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, was it? Was I think it was? Southampton, I know he beat Brendan. It? And then did yes, it was Hasenhuttle. Yeah, it was Hasenhuttle because you, you had them both on the hill. One of them has to go off, <laughs> and then so Bielsa made his way down, and Hasenhuttle was still kind of the mantelpiece on top of the hill. You know, people when they reach and then they got to touch a point and say, "I'm at the top of the hill." Hasenhuttle sitting up there on top of that hill. What? So, so Hasenhuttle is not coming down from that hill anytime soon. <laughs> what a beautiful segue into Southampton one, Brighton two. 
there's a lot to talk about here. Um, I want to start with that the sight of Dan Byrne galloping up a football pitch is one of the most wonderful and surreal experiences you can have watching football. That one chance which he created, right? <laughs> yes. It was that one. Yes. And it's like how, like, I'm watching it and I'm like, there's no way Burns can get to the ball before any of these red shirts. There's just no way. It's honestly like watching a giraffe play amongst piglets. It just doesn't make any sense visually. It's, be- it's a beautiful sight for a safari, but not for a football pitch. And he plays in a position <laughs> where you're physical attributes are so important you're playing at left back which means you're coming up against really fast right wingers how do you still keep your position and play well it just doesn't make any sense for me this experiment in nonsensical <laughs> genius i'm gonna call it is one of the reasons why i feel like even though brighton annoy me potter doesn't <laughs> like it's like you're playing a six foot seven freaking <laughs> like giraffe as, as one of you said at wing back but it's crazy <laughs> but i really want to keep seeing it <laughs> <laughs> it's it's good enough cause for them to stay up all on its own i mean there are other wing backs of bloody center back as well it's it's just top stuff um but let's let's give some credit to uh that guy welbs who played like we've all seen pretty much his whole career and so i'm hesitant to give him credit for that assist because you never know if it was an accident or not but it was a lovely little assist bro i'll tell you with that size 17 boot i mean every pass should be a cushion (laughs) like there's just so much surface area on there to touch the whole ball but you know what to be fair the speed of thinking the nice cushion touch. It was, I mean, the whole play, you watched like whatever, six, seven, eight passes before that. They played it all the way around and then it came back into the center. Really nice turn by someone in the center of the field. Maybe it was Lalana turn. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, like kind of played it hard into Welbeck and Welbeck had the quick thought to lay it off one touch into, I think it was... Who's? Trossard. Trossard, um, who finished with a plumb. Like that. that's with a plumb. Mm-hmm. and it was a really good goal and we talked about Brighton have these moments they just need to put it in the back of the net and in a game where they finally did they get three points they they actually did not underperform their xg for the first time in like months like they were like two one is a result okay two one to Brighton <laughs> also dunk to be fair he scored the header from way too far out I put that a little bit on on Forster like a little bit I get it Maybe a lot, but I just because I felt like it was still a really well done header, like yeah. it wasn't a fluke header, but it was like you had ages to react to that. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Oh, there are a lot of clubs that need a goalkeeper, but Southampton have two terrible choices for goalkeeper. This is one of my little hills. Fraser Forster is awful, and Alex McCarthy is worse. Like, buy a goalkeeper, it's really annoying. All right, Ramsdale will be available very soon. <laughs> Um, Che Adams, another goal. He's been scoring yeah. them lately. A good technique again. He's been scoring, you know, he's <laughs> Che Adams, a score a scorer of great goals. <laughs> Not a great goal scorer. <laughs> I um, think that's true. But yeah, great, uh, great finish there as well. He's had a couple of good ones in the last few weeks. But I'm really happy for Brighton. And like I really I wanted to stay up. I think if I had to pick, it would be them. They just try and play football properly. And yeah, I feel bad for Fulham too, but I don't know, Brighton, a little, little sweet spot there. Yeah. Well, last week we thought, you know, Newcastle might be the ones heading down. They they picked up an annoying draw against Aston Villa with the last minute equaliser. Um, 
but sorry, I, I just wanted to say one more thing about Southampton, which is that while we're talking about relegation, I quite like Ralph, but I feel like unless they do some serious business in the summer, they might be in trouble. And I say that only because Danny Ings looks like he's going to go because he's got a year left on his contract and they'll want to get some money for him. So unless they actually manage to replace his goals and also obviously buy a goalkeeper, I'm not sure what they're going to be able to do. So I don't know. Just want to watch. I think, I think they've got a really good starting 11 when everyone's fit. But other than that, the depth is a bit, you know, their starting 11 is, is not bad. It's just, it's okay. yeah. It's I'm, I'm, just sending Alex, uh, I'm sending Alex some climbing gear. I think he's ready to climb the hill. <laughs> I, mean, I think he, I mean, there's, there's just a little bit of space left on this hill, man. All bit. right, sounds good. Um, Palace one, West Brom nil. Oh, so it looks like West Brom are, are, are done. I don't think it's mathematical, but Allardyce will be getting his team relegated, which is wonderful news for humanity. Um, I, I heard someone somewhere else talking about uh, Wilder to West Brom next season, maybe. Can Wilder not get something in the Premier League? Good question. He'd have to wait for something also... sacked, I think. Crystal Palace. Yeah. Is he really that much of a Brexit manager that he has to get a Brexit team? Like, I want to see him with something with more sauce. I'm just saying. Like, well, Palace let's, let's has see. sauce. I think Palace, you can make sauce yeah. out of Palace. <laughs> um, I think Newcastle, you can make sauce. But Palace, you can't. Like, this is a guy that gave us apparently overlapping center backs. So, like, he's got some sauce deep in there, even though it's a bit of a fallacy. A Wilder Saint Maximan little combo might be interesting. Yeah, because you don't want a Shik Coyote or a Gary Cahill overlapping run. So. No. I mean, you couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Coyote could probably do it, but like, Cahill would die before he got to the other end. <laughs> He has one in him all game. Yeah. Pick your moment. <laughs> they did beat West Brom, to be fair to them. Coming out of, like, Chris and Paz were in a bit of a rut um, yeah. recently, but they did beat West, West Brom 1-0 um, with a penalty, I believe it was. So Yeah. When you see Milivojevic on the thing, you know it's a pen. You know it's a penalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, finally, Wolves against Liverpool today. Uh, Liverpool seem to only only have a chance of picking up points away from Anfield and they did it. Um, which one of Still you said on the thing. thread that it's Jota's team now? I, I, I did. Oh, yeah. Just, just mostly to annoy Mohamed, but yeah. I know. Brady, like I stick to the Salah's team and Brady every week just picks a different player. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ox's team. <laughs> well, it was Mane's assist, but it, it, listen, even as bad, Mane is playing so bad that even I have to like let that one go. <laughs> like he, he's been rubbish. They've all been rubbish, and even in this game, they just played bad. Like, but, they just, but just let Jota, the season go. Start again. Jota scores goals. Yep, is something that Firmino does not do, and yep. I don't care about the league cup and stuff. Just like when Mane and Salah aren't playing well, you need someone to score goals. And that's what Jada did at the beginning of the season. He came on, he scored some goals, and he did his job. And his job is to get that 1-0, and that's it. And he's doing it. If Firmino had scored the goal this game, I would say no. I, I, I have an idea that might be a little bit wild. I'm going to go with it anyway. Um, Liverpool should spend $40 million on Kalechi Iheanacho. No. No, buddy. That's, we're not going back to Europa League, mate. <laughs> They're, they're, they're out of that stage now. <laughs> I actually thought that you guys would soften to that one. Why? 
I just thought he scored a hat trick. He didn't think about his mom. I thought you guys would be like, you know what, actually? No, they could go get... <laughs> his movement is pretty good. We can make that happen. Go get, like, a... But, I don't know. Who could they get in the league? Like, a Calvert-Lewin? There's no one, good. mate. There's no one. The league is shit. Like, and the, the strikers in the world are shit. There's no one. You know, you know what, though? Liverpool buying Calvert-Lewin from Everton would be a statement. That would be that would be bullying. Like eighty-five million. Go ahead. Like there are no strikers in the league. You're right. There literally are no strikers in the league. Mate, I looked at the Serie A uh, top scorers. Mm. Like there's no outside of Lukaku. There's no strikers in that league. I looked at La Liga. There's no strikers in that league either. Germany is the only one. Lewandowski, who's old as hell, and then Bayern actually have no sub. It's too promoting. <laughs> so if this yeah. is Lewandowski, it's over. And then it's Holland. Like there's no strikers in this world. You it's you incredible. know you know the one, Bernie. There's two oh, guys. J- J- JD. But there's JDs. John. John oh, oh, David, JD and PD. And PD Pats and Daka at, at uh, Salzburg. And no one talks about Pats and Daka, so we're missing something. I'm actually living at this Premier League table. You know what? You can tell there's no strikers from, and I hate to bring this up all the time, but from FPL. It just is. You you used to play with three strikers all the time. Now people are like, maybe one. There just isn't. There's like Calvert-Lewin and Bamford just because it's cheap. But there's like, other than Kane, like there really are no strikers in this league. It's just a bunch of midfielders running around. It's actually true. I I think, I mean, they might have just done the trick by buying Jota. Like if he gets one in two, like he'll be doing the job, right? Although something I did want to mention is that I don't know if you noticed this, but from the highlights, there was an, a, a clear increase of passing between Mane and Salah, which was nice to see. That's a stat now. The X, yeah. the X something. They, yeah. they probably have, they have peace talks, probably. <laughs> like, look, man, we're seven for whatever the hell. <laughs> let's fix this. Or, you or want my move just... to Real Madrid. I want my move to Barcelona. Let's make it happen. They're probably like, we can leave Thiago here, you know. <laughs> the, I just pulled up the top scorers of the league. And when you look at the central, like center forwards who are on this list, you got Kane, Calvert, Lowen. And then it just drops, man. You got Bamford, Lacazette, Vardy, Watkins, Callum Wilson, Harvey Barnes. Like, there are no center forwards. Yeah. It's, it's all it's like, it's all wingers playing off a guy, like, you know, and trying to score for, from from wide but there isn't that center forward that's i mean other than kane obviously yeah there are a couple of there there are a few bubbling under the at, at the like under 20 ish ish level in like english guys like liam delap and and um mm. what's the bloke's name scarlet and stuff but you know we'll see we'll see for right now there is absolutely a, a complete lack um want to do before we run yeah wait sorry go ahead Oh, I wanted to do a few transfer rumors because there's some funny ones going around. But oh, oh, let's do that because this is where I'm gonna have to make an admission of something. You want to do it first, or? Oh, okay, sure. It will lead into it. Um, right. Okay, it's not an admission that I think he's very good, but I think he's useful, and that's Declan Rice. Ha! I've hated Declan Rice for a very long time, and Alex did too. But Alex came around earlier in the season. Apparently, yep. he he came down from that hill. Yep. And I've watched him and people have been clamoring for him and I've just been in, I've been denying it, but he can actually play center back and defensive midfield as good as like he's as good as in, in each position. He's good. And yeah. we need a center back. However, we also need a center defensive midfielder. So I was panning Lampard for this because that was actually his logic. 
for wanting to buy Declan Rice because he can do those two things and they needed those two things. And I'm like, he is a good passer of the ball. He is good at intercepting and he is good at tackling and actually has positional sense. Is he world-class elite? No, but he's very good at those two things. He's also 22. So I can justify spending the money on him because he does fit two gaps and closes two gaps with one signing in this COVID era where you need to maximize your money. 70 million for Declan Rice actually is not a stupid like waste of money at all. Okay, Mohanad's Mohanad, head has been on a wobble for the last minute while you've been speaking. It's Go on, just, I don't care about the logic. I don't care how many positions he plays. I don't care his age. I don't care about all these great points you think you're making, Brady. It's so peasantry, okay? It just it, that's why I literally said I'm in tears on Twitter. I don't, I'm going to say this, but it's true. De- he actually De- is a good player. Hang Declan on, hang on, hang on. Why Rice, is it peasantry? Declan Rice is like a McTominay. It's someone that comes through your ranks and bursts through, and then you play him. It's not someone you go pay $70 million for, and I don't care how good he is. It's just not. If Arsenal pay $70 million for Declan Rice, I'm done with football. There's just no way, man. Mate. Like, we, we've spent $70 million worse, a lot worse. Here's the oh, thing. But at least Declan that's Rice, sauce. Listen, I, I think part of it is because it's West Ham. And generally, like until this season, they're just a bit of a joke of a club that you don't really trust. But the fact is that like under Sir Alex Ferguson, young British players would come through. They'd be one of the best young players in the league. And Man United would buy them. And Declan Rice, like Harry Kane before him, is exactly the type of player that Manchester United used to buy when Rooney, they were the best team in the country. Rooney, Rooney. And Rooney, and Rooney Alex, exactly. Alex, to your point, the way I feel about Declan Rice is the way I felt about Harry Kane. And you guys remember, for the first three years of Harry Kane, I was like, he's not a thing. <laughs> I think on this podcast, I said, this is just a one-season wonder, and it lasted like three seasons till I had to come on board. You, you, were, like, you were very lonely on that hill after a little while. I, I was very lonely because... <laughs> it was just Kane, pride at some point. Yeah. You know, this is what I'm saying. I, I'm trying to be a changed person because Harry Kane, it was mostly A, because he's ugly, and B, like he should have been a, lum, a lumbering football player. I'm so a fan of Wayne Rooney. You didn't like Harry Kane because he's ugly. Unbelievable. I could accept it because he wasn't a lumbering, bumbling, just bumbling, <laughs> but not lumbering. Weird, Brady. So you're not, you're not a I, grandmother. I well, I get, I get your point, and I feel yeah. it. But so where I would he play, Bernie? Where when I use my play? head, he, he he would play as the center defensive midfielder. It's exactly with, where he would play. With who, McTominay or with Fred or what? No, if Pogba's going to stay, by the way, he's not leaving. I thought oh, he was, but Declan he's not going to leave. Rice and Pogba. That's that's what's going to happen. Pogdeck. Trust so, me, this is going to happen. Pogba's not Pog, going anywhere. Pog I thought moved. he was going. He's not. Okay, so you're saying that it's worth spending seventy million on him rather than see how McTominay turns out. No, because, again, McTominay is not a central defensive midfielder. He's a box-to-box player. When McTominay plays with Fred, Fred is deepest. So, so you can play McTominay, McTominay and Rice. Pogba? You can play McTominay and Rice in some games, but it's most likely going to be Pogba and Rice in, in what I'm saying. But then you could also do Lindelof gets out of here, Maguire and Declan Rice, and then you can play Pogba and McTominay or some other combination. It makes I mean, so much sense sorry to for make a squad depth joke. and everything else. Sorry to make the easy joke, but this is the thing about rice. You can fucking have anything with it. <laughs> <laughs> when you're I hungry, I to make jollof, roast, jollof rice jokes, which like, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> if you find, there's got to be a footballer out there called Jollof. You've got to sign him. 
I just think the world needs it. The world needs me to make more jalaf rice jokes. I, I just feel it was, uh, I, maybe it makes sense. I just feel it would be the most boring signing ever. Oh, here, we spent 70 million on Declan Rice. No, man. Well, they spent 900 million on Pogba, and that turned out to be nonsense. So. I'm sorry, but like, I get the age thing, but like, if you can get Partey for 35 or whatever the hell it was, no, no. Firstly, you got him for 50. Secondly, like that was a release clause. It's not like you. Ha- we have uh, to take the fact that he's. I don't care if I, if I get to pay for Partey twice because of his age, and I pay whatever forty million twice for a player that like that, as opposed to once for Declan Rice. No, I just. But again, I, Partey is not a defensive midfielder. He's a box to box player. He's just not a defensive midfielder. No matter what we try to make him out to be, he's not that. Declan Rice is a better defensive midfielder than what Partey is. Whatever he is, he's better than Declan Rice in every way, in the, in every shape of form. Not as a defensive game. midfielder. Oh, and not no as a chance. Back. I'm sorry. No chance. I'm sorry. He's okay, not so better to, than him. You have them both. Midfielder. You have them both available for free tomorrow. You're picking that. I don't but, care where you play. Again, They're just both available, again. Bernie. Take one. No, no, no. That's not. No, see, this is what you're doing. Because you hate Rice so much, you're making up your own argument. I said center defensive midfielder and center back. That's what I said. Partey is not center center defensive midfielder. Rice is better than him in that position, and he's not a center back. Rice is better than him in that no position. Way. I would take Partey and play him. So in I'm not. Position. I'm not going to take your argument because the argument is completely different to what I said. I'm just, just mad. I'm just mad that you want to spend seventy million on Rice. Just. I don't just, want to. I'm crying inside, but I know it makes sense. There's also a bit of Ole that is a bit Brexit. Mm, that's not true, but it is. I th- I feel like Ole would take a British player over over a non-British player. Just he just he, he would love him. He would love him. Yeah, I think I, I honestly think he likes Declan Rice, but that Brexit thing is not true. We haven't signed a British just, player in, in years. Just don't let him try and tap him up on the pitch after a game because that would be embarrassing. Did. No, he sent Maguire he? to go do it. Maguire uh, like tapped him on the head, and everyone's like, "So the, the thing, what they said was Ole tapped Maguire on the head." And then Maguire went and tapped Rice on the head. <laughs> so they were like, Ole told him, tap us on the head like this. And then, <laughs> and then Rice by mistake tapped Noble on the head and you're getting relegated next season. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Uh, we look forward to the, to the Mark Noble testimonial next season, by the way, which will definitely happen. Um, do we have time for some rumours or not? Very, very quickly. All right. Five um, Tottenham and Chelsea are both contenders to sign Dybala. Sure, whatever. Um, no, they're not. Oh, this one. He's not going to work. He's, I'm sorry, and I it hate doesn't... to be—I hate to be that you know angry British man—but he's not going to work in this league. He's just not. He's also—he doesn't want to. So, yeah. but he already. Anyway, this this one's good. Chelsea are considering including 25-year-old Timo Werner in part exchange deal with Borussia Dortmund to bring in Erling Haaland. Mm. You know what? That's I mean, it, not... would, it would be brilliant for Chelsea. It, it, it's not even horrible on the Dortmund side because we know he—he's like he'll do well in Bundesliga. Haaland yeah. needs to go. Haaland needs to go bigger. Take a huge contract, go somewhere where he could potentially win the Champions League. Go to like I don't know. Actually, there's no teams that can win the Champions League except Bayern. It's so, Yeah, I guess you could go to Chelsea. I I try to think of a team that can win the Champions League, and there are none. Literally, it's a competition. Someone has to win, but no one will. You know what? It's, it's be, a race to the bottom. <laughs> to be fair, Haaland is so good that the team he goes to can then yeah. win the Champions League. Like he's actually that level of of game changer. Also, there are only three teams I can afford him. We mentioned one of them twice already. Yeah, it's true. Uh, if you had to pick between David De Gea and Erling Haaland, who would anyway? Uh, Donny van de Beek wants to leave Manchester United after less than the season at Old Trafford and has requested a meeting with Club Borges. I believe it's 100 percent true. Yeah, no, it's not true. What? Really, you just don't want it to be true. It's okay. no, because he's already he said it. 
Maybe. He's already said it. That's why. Like, Maybe. I'm not going to entertain banter because he's already said he can't leave. You can't win them all. You can keep Pogba. Van der Beek is gone. Okay. Uh, listen, I'm, I criticize Van der Beek all the time. It's not a problem to me, but he doesn't want to leave United. It's literally that simple. I think what you do is you give him an, another half season. You get Declan Rice. If he can't play with Declan Rice, then it's a lost cause. Because everyone if he can, can if he can't join his band. Because because Rice goes with everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, Arsenal are looking at keeping Real Madrid midfielder with Martin Odegaard. Sure. Um, Sorry, Alex, before you continue, mm. he needs a Real Madrid midfielder. I was like, Sabias. <laughs> Please no. Please no. I think they'll they'll want like fifteen million, and I don't even want to pay that. I'd rather play a, a kid from the reserves. Oh mate, you might as well bring Willock back to take that spot. I wouldn't go that far. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, like, well, like's busy on that documentary taking his shirt off. Savage, He caught up with Joe Willock in Nando's. Um, <laughs> there is a tug of war between Real Madrid and Juventus, and I don't understand it. Zidane was asked whether he would they would bring Ronaldo back, and he literally said, "Like, yeah, we might." And then Juventus, the, the club, were asked about it and the executive, uh, what's his name, Paratici or whatever, basically said, um, you, Ronaldo is the future of Juventus. Was and this before or after he scored the hat-trick? I think <laughs> after. 30 minutes. I think after. Okay. Like, but A, like, he's contractually obligated to say that after Ronaldo scores a hat-trick in 30 true, minutes. <laughs> true. <laughs> also, Juventus want the marketing money. Like, Real Madrid don't need it. Juventus really need that marketing money. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you guys, you guys have heard how much money Barcelona are making just on Messi marketing alone. Like, it, you know, Ronaldo will be comparable. Like, it makes sense to keep these players even if they're over the hill. It just does. The one thing I'll say about Barcelona is after seeing Messi's contract, I'm not sure they're even in the positive still. The, uh, there's no the way. Part. There's no way. It's obscene. Uh, oh, speaking of wasted money, um, uh, Eden Hazard. <laughs> oh my God, uh, he's like, injured forever. Up there, worst like worst five signings ever. When you take money, when you take promise, when you take return on investment, when you take professionalism, like when you just take every like Zidane was like, I don't even know what his injury is. He's just, yeah. He just doesn't want to talk about it. Well, uh, you know how what? many this, games has he actually played? Worse than I don't know, man. whatever it is, it's not a lot. Yeah. So I'm checking that. Sorry, I, I, I think. Going. And I think this is the worst signing of all time. I do. I, I used to think I mean, that the it's worse than Coutinho. Zlatan was worse. It's worse, than, it's worse Coutinho. than Coutinho. Yeah. It's worse than Dembele, and Dembele's was a horrendous one. I think. Um, I mean, that's kind of where I draw the relative line, like where I think is it better or worse than Dembele to Barcelona? Because that was for a lot of money, and then he just played Fortnite. Um, <laughs> so, like, I still think if you're if you're worse than the Dembele signing, you're really up there and how bad. I, I, actually, Dembele is streets ahead of Hazard in terms of a signing. At least, like, he's playing least, now. Like, well, and at least had, you spend that money on someone who's 21 as opposed to yeah. 28 or 29. This is the worst signing of all time. And unless someone can tell me something crazier i mean you could this latan to barca but he still scored a couple of goals I, I, and stuff. he scored like, like 20 goals that season like even yeah, though it, just, was a it just didn't year. fit but he still did something i i i know it's a it's a broken record but giving alexis sanchez 500 grand a week and a piano was was up there it's, you're it's, just lucky it's, you didn't spend money on him yeah that's that's the difference I, I, that would be the worst if you, even if you spent 10 million yeah <laughs> but hazard because it's 100 million 
So I, I've, looked, I've looked it up. All competitions, 36 games over two seasons, four goals. Four yeah, goals. This is, this, this is the worst. It's sad. This it's actually really sad because I don't want us to forget how bloody good Hazard Mate, it's was. not... It's, it, it's only sad if you think he couldn't predict it. It's sad, you know... He's come out and said, I am not that guy. He literally oh, yeah, come out yeah, yeah. and said, I don't want to be the next Ronaldo and I don't want to be the next... Other. He literally comes out and said, I could be, but I don't want to. Even his teammates said the same thing about him. Like, you 100%. don't spend $100 million on a guy that says that and has that kind of motivation. But but that's the thing. He, he, I don't even need him to do that. If they'd spent $100 million on him and he just maintains Chelsea form, you could say, okay, fine, right? But My, my problem... With Hazard is and and Monday, I think I think we both share this, which is a little bit unfair to him, is that he was supposedly the best player in the Premier League when he was at his best, which to me is an indignation on the Premier League at that time. Because if he's the best that you have, then I'm sorry. Oh, like yeah. you had let's even take recent uh, Salah first season, Suarez, we've had Rooney, we've had Henri, we've had all sorts of things. And then this is and he was the best then. I'm sorry, no. No. Yeah, I, I've like, always thought I've always thought it was a bit blown out of proportion of how good he was. Maybe, and I feel like I keep thinking maybe I'm mistaken. People keep saying no, he was an unreal blah no, blah blah. He was he was season. the best in those seasons, but that's the problem <laughs> because even even when yeah. Kevin De Bruyne was the best player in the Premier League, he was streets better than anything any season Hazard ever had in my opinion. Mm, that's I'm not sure about that. I, I think yeah, like, yeah, because you're contrarian, Alex. Jesus, <laughs> I saw a hill. I decided to climb it. That's what we do. <laughs> no, I just, uh, yeah, I, I think, I understand why you both think that way about Hazard. I just, I think it's a little harsh. Um, Sorry. Do you think he is better than Burke? I think there's an, I think, I think there is an argument you, for it. Like, I you see my Dennis, problem. I love if you Dennis had to Burkham. think about it, but Des Burkamp had that one season at Arsenal where he ran everything, right? Remember? And then before Henri showed up. Do you think Hazard had a better season than that? Probably, yeah. Like the the thing is, the thing is that we remember those we and we've talked about this before. We remember those guys, those heroes of our childhood, differently. We just do. And when you look at like Hazard's best seasons, statistics wise, I, I yeah, it, it's going to blow Burkham out, out of the water. water. But unfortunately, you know, there's you have to hate a little too, right? Yeah, and I just think Hazard's performance in the Premier League—I just feel like it's blown out of out of proportion a little bit to the point where people started talking about about being one of the best in the world and blah blah blah. And I just don't think he ever got to that point. I think yes, he no. had a good season or season and a half or two or whatever. But yeah, I just never. I and this is just a personal thing. I might be wrong. I just never felt he was that guy. Right? So I, no I think how well he played. what we can agree on is that had he been left-footed, you'd have liked him a lot more. Potentially, that I think that's fair. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a chance. Uh, and North African. Yeah, <laughs> North African. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I was just on his Wikipedia and he has, um, oh, where has it gone? On June 26, 2017, Hazard became a part owner of expansion North American Soccer League franchise San Diego 1904 FC alongside Denver Bar, Johan Kabaya, and Musa So. So, you know, he's he stayed, mm. uh, stayed with, with his mates, which is nice. nice. Um, Right, last one. Uh, Cunaguero has been linked with Barcelona, which I think might be uh, cheekily, idea. cheekily sensible if they can get him no, on, on low, low wages. That's the most Barcelona thing ever. Yeah, it doesn't. Oh, I agree, but that's already happened. And I mean, when did Aguero and Messi play well together? No. Yeah, but Argentina doesn't count. No, it's just, no. It's just not no. the way. That's not the way to go. It's just not. 
I, I know, but they have no money and they need a striker. You just you just got like, but like just make Griezmann play better. Like it's a lot easier to do than than back up Aguero. Oh oh, what about the rumor that uh, Edu and Arsenal are really into the whole Griezmann idea? If it doesn't work out on Barca, they're big admirers of Griezmann. Did you see that one? Can we swap him for Pepe? Yeah, we can swap him for three peppers. I don't care. <laughs> who who wrote that rumor? I'm like, just I'm just saying. Hey, we're in the rumor section, okay? <laughs> Let me live a little. You I, you know how last week we joked that David Moyes wanted to bring Danny Ings to Sociedad. I mean, it wasn't a joke. Okay. He actually did want to do it. I, is there an argument that Danny Ings would actually improve Barcelona right now? I mean, if Braithwaite comes off the bench. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. The problem so is you can't just go. You can't. Bar- the state where Barcelona are, you can't just go. Who would improve them? Because then everybody would be able to join Barcelona. It has to be like who would bring them back to their former glory. Or else your your just pool is way too big. Fair enough. Then it's yeah. Holland or nothing. I think exactly. Mbappe. Right. <laughs> Deep eye. Yeah. Oh. To be fair, they had a player in Neymar and they let him go. So would you would you do it? Would would you bring Memphis? To Arsenal, he's free contract. Would you no, know? no, no, no. He's trouble, no. mate. He's trouble. He's trouble. No. Okay. I don't even think he's trouble. I just don't think he's better than Smith Rowe, to be honest. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> wow. Play the youth. Wow. I I would take Depay I if, think if if we you can get, get rid through of... this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone gets through this podcast and gets to this section where we've had Declan Rice revelations. <laughs> We've had Depay is not as good as Smith Rowe, and there was another bomb that was dropped somewhere in the middle. Like people might just be like, "Fuck these guys." <laughs> All I'd say is, if you're gonna leave, let us know why. Just <laughs> take the box that applies. All of the above. <laughs> uh, all right, lads. Talk to you next week. All right, bye, lads. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. Thank you.